Welcome to Love Your Heart, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic's Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart and Vascular Institute. These podcasts will help you learn more about your heart, thoracic, and vascular systems, ways to stay healthy, and information about diseases and treatment options. Enjoy. I'm Dr. Steve Nissen, and I'm here with Dr. Leslie Cho, who is the section head for preventive cardiology and the uh, chief quality officer for the Department of Cardiovascular Medicine. And we're going to talk about an unusual but important disorder mm. known as SCAD. What is SCAD? Spontaneous coronary artery dissection. Okay. So what is it? Who gets it? So predominantly, it's women, nine to one women. Wow. Um, That's a big ratio. It is. It is. And when you look at women who have heart attack between the ages of 40 to 60, around uh, anywhere from 55, depending on which registry you're looking at, to 65 is due to SCAD. Right? Wow. That's amazing. Wow. Um, and, the, and traditionally, we have always thought SCAD or spontaneous coronary artery dissection was due to hormones, like right after delivery or right before delivery. We do see that sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and, but now, what we also have learned from our former fellow is that um, 30% of our patients who have SCAD have fibromuscular dysplasia. Yeah. And the thing about SCAD I think that's really interesting is, is that you get SCAD and you think it's a one-time event, but unfortunately the recurrence rate is 30%. And it's not just in the coronaries. Yes, that's right. So mm -hmm. you've seen strokes? We've seen strokes. We've seen, it, it really depends with uh, whether they have fibromuscular dysplasia, but we've seen strokes. We've seen, you know, renal arteries. The, the important thing also is that men can get SCAD too. Mm -hmm. Usually with men, it's related to very, very heavy exertion. So with yeah. heavy exercise, like after a marathon. And after aren't they lifting. also often hypertensive? Yes, yeah. yes. And so you're absolutely right. The um, treatment for SCAD is impulse control. Yeah. Just like how we do aortic dissection yeah. treatment. Yeah. Um, and so blood pressure and heart rate becomes very, very important for us to control. So this disorder of fibromuscular dysplasia, what do we know about it? Do we know the cause? Do we know what's going on here on a molecular level? What's happening? So it is... Um, we probably are not smart enough to understand genetics. There is some genetic component to it. There is like a 19% familial sort of uh, penetrance. penetrance. Yeah. But, but in terms of, uh, it, it's not an autosomal dominant disorder like we normally sort of think about, but it is a, a disorder of the lining of the endothelium. It mostly affects women, again, mostly affects women. And renal arteries more than anything place else. Renal arteries, but it can affect anywhere from brain to your, you know, brain on down. Yeah. The um, thing that they have the most morbidity uh, with is cerebral aneurysms. Yes. So if you do have fibromuscular dysplasia, you do need a CT of your brain to make sure you don't have an aneurysm. And if you mm -hmm. do, we embolize it or we do something to... To, Prophylactically. Exactly, depending on the size. How, how high is the incidence of, the, of actually having a brain bleed, that sort of thing? It's around 10%. 10% of people with FMD, I think, have, uh, have aneurysm, 10%, yeah. which is pretty high. But that's why it's so important when you have SCAD to rule out FMD. Yeah. Because if you don't have FMD, then we don't have to scan your brain. But if you do have FMD, then we do have to scan your brain and make sure you don't have an aneurysm. How do you rule it out? 
We do a CTA yeah. of the brain. Um, we do when you get a spontaneous coronary artery dissection, we scan you from head to toe, including the renal arteries everywhere, yes, all everywhere. the all the vasculature, the entire and, thing. And what do you do? You do it with CT or MR or both? Um, we have traditionally, as an institution, liked CT. Uh -huh. We've liked CT. We've also um, started to do some genetic testing on some of our patients who have family history so we can understand them better. But if you have spontaneous coronary artery dissection, we scan you from head to toe with the CT. If you have FMD, we then do a brain, brain aneurysm study. But regardless, even if you don't have it, we are very aggressive about heart rate and blood pressure control. So let me ask you this. So mm -hmm. patient comes in. Uh, they arrive in the emergency department, you know, woman with chest pain. Yes. Uh, you take them for an emergency coronary angiogram. Yes. And you see SCAD. Yes. What and do you do? We have traditionally, and we really, this is a very important point, unless it's like a left main dissection, we um, like to treat conservatively. You don't stick anything down no. that coronary. No. Because you're going to make a bad situation worse. Absolutely right. And you know from all your work with IVIS that once you get a dissection, it's you can propagate that dissection, yeah. and it's a very difficult thing. And so it's amazing how many of these arteries just heal by themselves. It looks horrible, the first yeah. angiogram, and our instinct is to like stick something down. But from many uh, studies from Mayo as well as in Canada, doing revascularization with bypass or with a stent doesn't necessarily end well. Now, sometimes you have to because they have left main, yeah. but th that's very rare. Yeah. Is there ever an indication for stenting these arteries other than the left main? No. I mean, I, I, unless they're hemodynamically significant, um, I mean, really a conservative management. And yeah. some people will even say that, you know, majority of these people will, they'll do a better job of healing than we could ever do. Yeah. Did, did they ever have really big infarctions or other? Oh, tipping? yeah. yeah. So, oh, absolutely. So that it's not as benign as some people might think. No, absolutely not. And, and the other thing that's kind of a shame is that because of the recurrence rate, some of them go on to have, you know, ischemic cardiomyopathy and they end up needing transplant you know, exactly and really bad outcome and the because it happens in younger patient population and they want to exercise and they want they don't they haven't been as um, as vigilant about heart rate and blood pressure control so let's talk about drugs um, first line beta blockers push the dose yeah I mean we really try to do it like the way you have taught us at, in the CCU, which is blood pressure and heart rate control, like we treat a dissection patient. Yes. Like we treat a dissection patient. And then moving forward, we really try to limit their blood pressure and heart rate even during exercise. We have a, a large group of patients who've had dissections in our cardiac rehab, and that has been our sort of standard of treatment because we don't know anything else currently because majority of these people have some kind of endothelial lining disorder yeah. and stuff and so that's the only thing we know going forward. So you manage the rehab area so in the rehab area then you you will monitor their blood pressure during exercise Yes. and you will push the drugs until they have very blunted that's right. response. Yeah and most often because these are young people they really dislike that. They really dislike yeah. to. They really dislike their heart rate not being 85 or 90 or whatever they're used to, but unfortunately, because the risk of recurrence is so high, 
that is that is a very important message going forward. And then the other thing is is women who've had dissections during pregnancy, you know, the risk obviously increases with. So do you advise them not to become pregnant again? It's a very, very difficult discussion we have moving forward with our patients. And, and, and if they do, then we really think about the beta blockers throughout the entire pregnancy. Um, and which are known to be safe. Which are known to be safe, exactly. And, and, uh, and then, of course, we uh, have a lot of talk with our OB specialist about um, the delivery. And yeah. Now, um, the beta blocker is a first-line drug. What, what if their blood pressure is not controlled on beta blocker? What's your go-to next drug? Well, so we, we uh, like beta blockers a lot. And then if they're not of childbearing age, we, can, we also do ACE inhibitors, ARBs. I mean, whatever can bring them down. Yep. Uh, calcium channel blockers. Calcium channel blockers. Even diuretics. Um, even diuretics, but we like to do the non-diuretics first. Um, and, and there's no, I, I mean, I think all people are sort of uh, a little bit different, but younger, because they're younger, they have much more room to sort of play with the beta blockers and calcium channel blockers and the ACE inhibitors and the ARs. Because they tolerate these drugs pretty exactly. well. They're not going to get syncopal like the elderly are. Exactly, so. exactly. And it's rare. It really is like 40 to 60 years old, kind of that age group. It's yeah. really interesting. What's the life expectancy for people like this? Um, the life expectancy, I think, uh, it really depends on the recurrence rate for their MI. They don't do as well as their counterpart um, yeah. who don't have SCAD because of the recurrence rate. Yes. Um, and if you look at some of, our, some of the large registry in Canada, their outcome is not benign. And so that's why mm. moving forward, it's really important once you identify SCAD. And there are three different types of SCAD. And, and really, it does take a clinician a couple of times to sort of you know, understand what it is. Sometimes you know how you don't recognize it and somebody shows you and then you see a bunch more because now you recognize it. Of course. It. Yeah. And so once you recognize it, it's really important to identify FMD or other causes and then and then treat them um, with impulse control so that their recurrence rate can be low. Do these people need to be cared for in a center of excellence or can they can a community cardiologist, uh, internist manage it? You know, I think um, my bias is, is that because dissection, coronary artery dissection is sometimes difficult to recognize, a lot of the patients that come to us have not had the diagnosis. You know, they come and they, they don't know and then we diagnose them. And so I think if you're a woman who had uh, an MI and it's sort of been a unusual sort of circumstances and you don't have atherosclerosis and other arteries, it's important to, I think, to seek second opinion. Very good. Well, thank you so much, thank Dr. You. Cho, and uh, thank you all for watching. Uh, this is an important topic that everybody needs to know more about. I'm Steve Nesson. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Please subscribe and share the link on iTunes.